Travis Wingfield. I'm ready to go in, coach. Just give me a chance. I know there's a lot riding on it, but it's all psychological. Just got to stay in a positive frame of mind. You are Locked On Dolphin, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphin, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami! Miami indeed. What's up, Dolphins? Welcome into the Victory Tuesday, the Tuesday, December the 12th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we are talking all things Miami over New England as the Dolphins pull off the upset of the year in the NFL with a 27-20 victory over the hated New England Patriots. We dive into the Twitter mailbag and go over my five takeaways from the victory on Monday night. Let's go ahead and just jump right into those five takeaways right off the top. Takeaway number one goes to the head coach, Adam Gaze, and the offensive game plan coming into this game. It was a genius game plan on both sides of the ball. We'll get to the defense here in a minute, but on offense, the Dolphins mixed up their formations, their packages, their misdirections, the bootleg, the running game, the different variations of the running game, play action passing, Jay Cutler moving around the pocket, making things happen, different receivers getting into the football game, different personnel, Jakeem Grant, Julius Thomas gets into the mix, Jarvis Landry has a big night, Kenny Stills with a big time catch, Devontae Parker still can't do a whole lot, Kenyon Drake a huge night, just a ton of variety from the Dolphins on offense, moving guys around, getting the Patriots defense on their heels, they had no idea what was coming throughout the majority of the football game, and it showed, and I think Adam Gaze severely outcoaches Bill Belichick as well as Matt Patricia in this game. Everything they dialed up was clicking on offense, including the screen game. They were aggressive on third and medium to third and short. They were taking shots down the field. The screen late in the game that Mike Pouncey misses the block on would have sprung Kenyon Drake for a game-stealing touchdown. They never took the foot off the gas. Even the final drive on that third and five prior to the Patriots' field goal drive there towards the end to make it a seven-point game. That third and five play was a pass play deep down the field. Dolphins never took their foot off the gas. They knew they had Tom Brady on the other side of the field. They continued to go after that defense and make chunk plays in the offense and run the ball well, running the ball on first down well, using play action off of that. Just a lot of good stuff from the Dolphins' offense nine, Adam Gaze, and he just coached himself a hell of a football game and gets a lot of credit for that. Takeaway number two here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your host Travis Wingfield at Wingfield NFL is none other than Xavier Howard, who registers his fourth interception in the last two games. He has just been balling out, gets a couple of more pass breakups in this game. That gives him four picks and eight pass breakups in the last two games. He completely shuts out Brandon Cooks. And one of the best parts about this performance from Xavier Howard is he is more of a bigger body, physical strength type of player on the edge there. And he played a receiver that is one of the shiftiest receivers in the league. That has been the type of player that has given Xavier Howard throughout the first two years of his young career in this game Brandon Cooks one of the more shifty players in the league at the position is completely erased from the game Xavier Howard in his hip pocket all night playing that physical press man style getting that bump and run that turn and chase him down the field he was running down the field with Brandon Cooks all game that fantastic interception down the field where he tracks the football in the air like a wide receiver and extends his arms out makes a catch in traffic and then returns it back from our 20 or so yards a fantastic play on that one a fantastic play on the night for Xavier Howard gets called for one really bad call on a pass interference call just his only blemish on the night but it wasn't even really a legitimate blemish in that regard because the officials once again go after the Miami Dolphins and we're not going to get into the officiating in this game guys because the Dolphins won and I know it wasn't great yet again there was some more bad calls in the game but whatever Dolphins win and 
relatively convincing fashion, even though the score came down to just a touchdown there at the very end, but the Patriots had to kick an onside kick, and it was never really going to be a close game at the end. The Dolphins' defense salts the game away, and they do it with the secondary, and mostly the play of Xavier Howard, number 25, Dolphins' second-year corner. If he can continue to play at this level, it just erases another one of the huge, huge needs the Dolphins thought they were going to have to have going into the offseason of the draft and into free agency. If Xavier Howard can play this type of premier cover corner on the outside, you are looking at a completely different defense, and what a number one corner like that can do for any defense in the league is so paramount and so huge to a team's success, taking away a top-level receiver like Brandon Cooks and just really taking him out of the game. It changes the way an offense has to play, and they have to go to their second and third options, and Xavier Howard, the last two games, has completely blanked these guys and done that in, in very well fashion, and he's taken the football away. Just a fantastic showing from the second-year man out of Baylor. Number three takeaway on the night for the Dolphins' victory over the New England Patriots 27-20 is Matt Burke and his defensive game plan mixing up with different coverages and holding opposing offenses to one out of 24 third-down conversions over the last two games. The Patriots go 0-10 for 10 on the night on third downs, could never get it going, excuse me, 0-11 for 11 on the night on third downs. Brady never looked comfortable in the pocket. The pass rush was coming from all different areas. They were mixing up with some green dog blitzes, some cross dog blitzes, some A-gap blitzes, whether it was straight on or stunts and twists. They were coming off the edge with the cornerbacks. They were bringing the safeties into the box and blitzing them there. Just a fantastic job creating pressure up the interior of the offensive line where Brady tends to struggle the most in his career is that interior pressure. Going to more of a press man style on the outside of the cornerbacks playing in the Patriots receivers' faces. Very physical press style of football and the Patriots had no answer for it in the entire game. Just completely erasing the Patriots receivers for the most part until the game was kind of out of hand there at the end. Danny Amendola starts racking up some catches, but constant pressure. Most, for the most part, good run defense. The linebackers were always in great position. They kind of took those fa- those flat routes to the outside. They carried the tight end or the crosser or whatever it was up the field, and they would stay true to the flat and close on those quick little flat routes the Patriots loved to throw and made some great tackles on the outside, one-on-one tackles, preventing the big play for the most part for the game. Patriots just had no answer for this Dolphins defense all night, and Matt Burke deserves a ton of credit for the way he mixes up both in the blitzing game, both in personnel. He gets Charles Harris involved in the game. Andre Branch has himself a good game. Cam Wake got close a few times, never quite got the sack that he needed, but using all kinds of different variations with the defensive lineman dropping into coverage, linebackers doing different things. Just a fantastic showing from Matt Burke. The Dolphins coaching staff, by far their best game under Adam Gaze and his crew here in Miami in the last two years, covering the span of 29 football games. Just has never looked better than this, and you gotta love what you see from this coaching staff moving forward this young coaching staff getting better and out coaching the coaching staff on the new england patriots which is unanimously regarded as the best in the business and miami just put it on them tonight in this game We've got two more takeaways here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield. Please, guys, remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Tuned In, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Go ahead and write a nice little review on Apple Podcasts. That helps the podcast go up the charts. Give us a five-star rating if you like the show. You can follow me on Twitter, at WingfieldNFL. You can check out the LockedOnDolphins.com page for written content. I cannot wait to get into the GIFs for this game on the film study and give an article on that later on in the week. But that's later on in the week, and we are here live on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield. And jumping right back into the takeaways from the game, takeaway number four, and it's crazy that this guy gets demoted to the fourth takeaway of the game. It is none other than Kenyon Drake. 
and his big night, pass receiving, pass blocking, running the football, breaking tackles, that six spin move that he had. I don't know that there's a better jump cut in the NFL right now. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's pretty damn good at it, but Kenyon Drake is looking very shifty back there. He is running with authority, with power. He's running with speed. He runs to daylight. He's pass receiving. That pit, that blitz pickup he had on the Jakeem Grant long drop on that potential game-sealing touchdown play. Kenyon Drake sought his man out, which is what you want to see. You don't want to see running back fading back and letting the block come to him. He went out and got the block and popped his man right in the hole and gave Jay Cutler a perfect pocket to throw the football in, and he delivered a perfect throw down the field, and Jakeem Grant just could not quite haul it in. But Kenyon Drake, all three phases of the game, he gets over 90% of the reps in this game. His stats for the game are impressive as he gives the Dolphins 114 rushing yards on 25 carries for 4.6 yards a jaunt. He catches 5 out of 6 passes for 79 yards. So on the day total, 195 yards for Kenyon Drake, the spark plug to the offense, the big reason they traded J.H.I. and his versatility in the running game and the passing game, everything that he can do for this offense. And it takes Damian Williams going out due to an injury for Kenyon Drake to show up. But these last two games, he has been a man possessed and he really helps the Dolphins offense get going and get clicking. And all that misdirection and play actions and boots, it all only can work if the running game is going. The last two games it has gone when J.H.I. was cranking, that's when Ryan Tannehill looked the best and getting that type of offense, the complimentary offense cranking, and Kenyon Drake has provided that for the Miami Dolphins this year down the stretch. Should be a fun rest of the season watching him run the football as well as he has. And then takeaway number five, I got to go back to the quarterback. Jay Cutler plays a fantastic game. He had one bad play in this game where he could have ran for a first down, tried to throw it back on a peel back to Jakeem Grant. Maybe it was Jarvis Landry. I can't recall which one it was. One of the team number jerseys for the Dolphins receivers, but he misses that play, but that was his only miss on the night. He was accurate. He was moving around the pocket. He was throwing the ball with authority, with confidence. He was getting the Dolphins into the right checks at the line of scrimmage, throwing the ball down the field to the intermediate, to the short, quick decisions, not taking too many sacks on the game, dealt with some pressure very well. Just Jay Cutler had a very, very good game in this in this one, good ball placement, and just kind of commanded the entire game, kept some lengthy, lengthy drives for the Dolphins. And we're going to bring back the stat recap show for you guys tomorrow, just because it was such a fun show, or a fun game to watch, I should say, and I want to get to the stats in this game and just kind of go into the dominance a lot more. I mean, I could spend an hour on this for you guys tonight talking about stats, but we'll get to that tomorrow. Tomorrow. But those are your five takeaways for the game tonight. Adam Gaze's play calling, Xavier Howard's fantastic two-game run, Matt Burke mixing it up on defense, Kenyon Drake and Jay Cutler all balling out. I wish I could give you guys more names for this. We will get to that on the film review show on Wednesday or Thursday, and then also in the stat recap on tomorrow's show. Just a ton and ton of good stuff for you guys coming ahead here on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. Your host, Travis Wingfield, at Wingfield NFL, at Lockdown Fence for the show. And we're going to jump right into the Twitter mailbag and answer your guys' questions from the game here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. And let's go ahead and jump right into that Twitter mailbag as we have a lot of questions to get to tonight. First one comes from Brett Legasse. I hope I said that right, Brett. At Brett Legasse 67 he asks, what do we expect from Howard going forward? Xavier Howard, of course, the big night. We talked about him in the open and his big performance in this game, picking off Tom Brady twice in the game, shutting out Brandon Cooks. I think you, I mean... I don't want to get too excited about two games, but I mean, you see the progression and kind of the change in style, and there's something that you can get excited about there. The fact that they're playing a lot more press man, they're giving him more freedom at the line of scrimmage to get his hands on guys early because his problem throughout the course of the year was a bunch of PIs and down the field penalties, illegal contacts, holdings, and he was just getting too grabby once he got to the point of the of the ball being in the air, the point at the top of the route. He would get a little aggressive and grabby, and he would get himself into trouble, but now you put him up close to the line of scrimmage, you maybe roll some coverage over there to help him out at times here and there if he's going to be a little more confident in his press coverage that way and he's really really playing well in that role so I think you have 
something to build on. I don't, I'm not going to go all in on the guy yet. He's only in year two. He's only played really two great games so far, but you have a blueprint for how he can be successful. And now it's up to the coaches to figure out a way to keep that going, keep him motivated to keep playing at this level. And I mean, a, a big size contract coming his way is a great, great way to keep him motivated. They only have him for two more years on a cheap contract. If you can get two more years of this type of production out of him, you're getting a hell of a steal because corners that play that well on the perimeter cost a lot of money. And right now he is a very, very cheap player for the Dolphins. Question number two comes from Skylar Trunk. I hope I said that one right. I'm a very terrible name pronouncer. It's at Skylar Trunk. He asks, not necessarily a question, but possible discussion item for five front five winning in the trenches offensively, having an overall positive effect on the team, running lanes, time to throw, control the clock. That's a great point, Skylar, because I did not talk about the offensive line in the podcast earlier, and they played another very good game. I thought the right side of the line had some troubles picking up some of those stunts and twists that have been giving the Dolphins trouble all year long. There wasn't a lot of running lanes over there. Sam Young kind of had a ho-hum game in that sense that he wasn't very productive in the, in the pass protection and kind of was guilty of allowing more of the pressures. I'll get a better look at it on film, but I thought in this game they played very well. And then Mike Pouncey is just having a really rough year. He missed a lot of blocks in this game, had a really bad holding call in one of the Dolphins' first drives that brought it back. And he just continues to get beat. He missed the block on that big potential screenplay to Kenyon Drake late in the game. He's having a rough year, but everybody else played fantastic. I thought Laramie Tunsil was great again. I thought Jesse Davis played well again. I, di- I didn't really get a great look at uh, T- Ted Larson to give you an opinion one way, one way or the other, but I think the offensive line held up just enough to get it done tonight. And uh, minus those few couple of players that had rough nights, I'll have more for you guys on that on the film review show. It's easier to check out offensive linemen on the All-22 film. Question number three comes from Roberto Gutierrez at Real Roberto G. How about the Dolphins' third down D? Not much to say about that, Roberto. One for 24 the last two games. Dominant, great calls, keeping a great tackling, keeping guys in front of them, and just a great scheme and a great execution of that scheme. Question number four is football noob at Finn's noob. Are they overusing or wearing out Drake? I actually got a little bit concerned about that late in the game because the Dolphins pretty much had it wrapped up when they're up by 10 with the football with about four minutes to go. I probably would have pulled them there. I mean, you got a short week of going to Buffalo a team that you're going to have to run the football against with the snowing conditions likely for next Sunday's game against Buffalo. I think he probably could have saved him a little bit of gas there with the, you know, he had six targets in the passing game, 25 carries. That's a lot of work for a young running back that has not been accustomed to that type of workload in the past. So possible, but for now they got to try to make a run at the second, try to win the rest of their games and kind of maybe try to preserve a playoff hopes or playoff you know chances going forward question number four scott summers at summer scott just says refs handing out free yards to the patriots i don't want to get into the fishing in this game too much just because i thought the dolphins played well enough for it to not be a factor and there were some bad calls but for the most part it was not a terribly officiated game all right, I got a few more questions here. I'm going to get out here for the night, guys. We'll have a lot more on this victory throughout the course of the week. Going to be kind of celebrating a Patriots upset win for the Miami Dolphins. So next question comes from Paul David Jr. That's at Paul David Jr. Here's one. Why did it take until the fourth quarter for the Finns front seven to draw a holding penalty? Once again, officiating. Not not great this year for the Dolphins, but we're going to leave it at that for this game, guys. And then the very last question I have here, Patrick Ryan at Patrick Blackburn. Have we found our number one back in lockdown corner moving into next season? Sounds like you guys are very pumped on Kenyon Drake as well as Xavier Howard as well. You should be, but didn't give me a lot of versatility. I probably should have checked the questions before the podcast, but nonetheless, let's talk about it a little more. I think that you have the opportunity over the next three games to kind of find out what you have in terms of your evaluation process heading into March and April for the free agency as well as the draft. I don't want to get too overwhelmed and too excited about the fact that the Dolphins are where they are with these players and don't put too much stock into two football games. Make them show some consistency over the rest of the season, the last three games of the season, and make them earn their roles going into next year because I think you come back with Tony Lippett, 
coming back off of the injury. You have Bobby McCain, who's been a great slot corner this year. You have Cordray Tankersley, who's shown a lot of bite at the other cornerback position. I think those four guys, you added another player, a veteran guy on like a cheap contract, something Ian Wharton and I talked about in a few podcasts ago, talking about bringing in a veteran guy with a prove-it type of contract and kind of bolster your depth there and just make sure you are solid at the position because cornerbacks, it's such a volatile position. You lose one guy, everything changes. You have to be very, very deep there. You always have five DBs in the field these days. Sometimes you have six. It's a very important position, so keep throwing bodies at it. I think that Xavier Howard, if he is that lockdown corner, it changes everything, so I really hope that he is. But I talked about it earlier, so go back in the podcast listen to that part part number two Kenyon Drake it, it seems like you can't really consider running back one a need for this team at this point I mean the guy has shown you nothing but just burst big playability he's shown you stuff in the passing game he's shown you stuff as a as a pass blocker the I mean the ability to make guys miss is unreal the speed the the home run hitting ability it's all there for the guy so I think you have to approach this offseason thinking about a number two back Saquon Barkley I liked that dream when it was a possibility not going to happen now. The Dolphins have won too many games. Going to 6-7, and seven, he's not going to be available when they draft. So approach it maybe in the mid-rounds of the draft. Get more of a bruising type of running back, a guy that can run through some tackles and be a short down yardage guy for you. So I think you do have your number one running back right now in Kenyon Drake. Number one cornerback, I'm going to hold serve on that. And that's going to do it for tonight's show, guys. A big, big win. Go Fins. Fins up. Taking down the New England Patriots in a game they were not supposed to win or even come close in. The entire ESPN broadcast was talking about how great the Pats were. It didn't even give the Dolphins a single mention throughout the course of the thing. So, fantastic win for you guys here. And if I didn't get to your questions on Twitter, just ask me again tomorrow, or I guess on Tuesday, I'm recording this on Monday night. It's hard for me to get to all the notifications I get on game night as I'm a tweeting fiend sending out 50 to 100 tweets per game. So, ask me a question on Twitter tomorrow. I'll, I'll send the tweet out again telling you guys to ask those questions if you want something answered on Twitter or on the podcast. We'll get to more of that later in the week. But this is a Lockdown Dolphins podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Check out the other Lockdown Sports podcasts including the Lockdown Heat podcast and Lockdown NFL podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at Winkle NFL and check out LockdownDolphins.com. Be back tomorrow with another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. And hit him with that fins up.